Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. In 1924, Witness Lee was dynamically saved by the Lord as a young man in his native China, and he promptly consecrated the rest of his life to the gospel. He co-labored with Watchman Nee for parts of the next three decades, and in 1962, Witness Lee was led by the Lord to come to the United States. During his 35 years of service to the Lord in America, he ministered in weekly meetings and weekend conferences, delivering thousands of spoken messages. Much of his speaking has since been published as more than 400 titles, many of which have been translated into numerous foreign languages. He gave his last public conference in February 1997 at the age of 91. We're happy today to be able to bring you recorded excerpts from his speaking and encourage you to contact us if you have any further questions or comments. Please send email to radio at lsm.org. Now, let's join today's program. Matthew, Luke, and John all begin in one way or another with the origin of Jesus Christ. Matthew shows us his kingly genealogy, Luke his human genealogy, and John his divine eternal origin as the Son of God. But Mark begins not with the genealogy, rather with the gospel, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. What is the gospel? Well, Romans tells us that the gospel is the glad tidings, the good news. The reality of that good news is Jesus Christ, our Savior, and as Mark shows us, the slave of God serving his people. Matt Miller has joined us, and always enjoyable for me, Matt, when uh, you and I get to do this together. We kind of really don't pay too much attention to who's the host and who's the guest. We just have a good uh, fellowship and a good dialogue over the portions. And boy, we've really got a marvelous portion before us today, don't we? Got the gospel, Chris, some really good news to cover. Yeah, it's the gospel of Mark. And so the emphasis today on this uh, third program in this life study of Mark is on the gospel, the good news, the glad tidings. We see uh, the good news in a very particular light or vantage point when we look at Mark, don't we? We do, Chris, and uh, you described this program to me as a a sweet cherry tomato, a ripe, very uh, sweet program, and I think if our listeners will stay with us, they'll see that we're going to touch a very sweet program today. Yeah, we really are. Uh, The very first thing we want to cover in our program today and in our first portion with Witness Lee, Matt, concerns the gospel from a vantage point of its contents. Now, you know, we may have our own idea what that means, but I think we'll see with Witness Lee's help today that it really can be distilled or boiled down into three primary elements. You want to go ahead and at least introduce those so our listeners know what we're going to be talking about today. Well, Witness Lee's going to start out and tell us the gospel really is the 39 books of the Old Testament. And we're going to get into that in the program, so I won't try to cover all of that. But the three words you're talking about are promise, prophets, and the law. Right. The law, the prophets, that's almost the entire Old Testament. And then the the promises are what happened at the end of the fourth fall of man. Man went through a four-stage fall when uh, Satan tempted Adam and Eve. They fell. They fell down to conscience. And then man didn't follow his conscience. He fell down after Cain killed Abel, fell to another lower stage, eventually to human government. 
Eventually that didn't work. So the fourth fall was where the Tower of Babel came in. Man actually rebelled directly against God. God came in and called out a whole new race with Abraham. And Abraham, as the father of the called race, was the chosen one. And he was the father of promise. Right. So that was the promise that came before the law. And the law was there. And then the prophecies came basically to confirm the promises. We're going to see this in detail as we get into today's program. I'd like to set up this first portion, Matt, by pointing out the first promise. Actually, even before Abraham, you're right, he is the father of uh, promise. And a lot of uh, the promises of God were wrapped up with Abraham, as we'll see. But the very first promise that typifies the first promise of the gospel is in Genesis 3.15. Of course, this is just after the original fall of Adam and Eve there uh, in the garden and the enemy, Satan, the serpent, has been exposed, and God comes in and speaks to uh, the serpent and says to him, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He will bruise you on the head, but you will bruise him on the heel. So the promise, Matt, has everything to do with the seed that is first mentioned here in Genesis 3.15. Now, let's pick up a New Testament verse that also mentions the seed. But to Abraham were the promises spoken, and to his seed. He does not say, and to the seeds, as concerning many, but as concerning one, and to your seed, who is Christ. Two different mentionings of the seed, but both really are Christ. And let's join Witness Lee for this uh, very, very, as you said, sweet and tasty first portion today. What is the gospel? This is a familiar term to all the Christians. Of course, the gospel means glide tidings, good news. But actually, what is the gospel? The gospel is the fulfillment of the entire Old Testament. What is the gospel? You have to read through those 39 books from Genesis through Malachi. Well, you may say, I never saw that uh, those 39 books were the uh, gospel. Well, they are. Now, what are those 39 books? What are the contents of the Old Testament? The contents of the Old Testament is only of three words. You couldn't believe. The three words. The promises, the law, and the prophecy. Could realize from Adam to Jacob that was Genesis. From Adam to Jacob. What was there? What was there? Promise. God's promise. Could you tell me what was the first promise? The first promise among all the promises was Genesis 3.15. God came in to promise because by that time Adam and his wife Eve were trembling. Were trembling because they got poisoned. So God gave the marvelous, the first promise in the entire universe to mankind. That is, a seed of the woman will come to bruise the head of the serpent. Well, that was a great promise. 
you know, what is the gospel? The gospel is the fulfillment of that promise. The seed of the woman did come, born of a virgin. He was the seed of a woman, Jesus. Jesus was the fulfillment of that promise. Then, you know, from Adam down to Jacob, other, further promises were given, mostly given to Abraham. Again, concerning the seed. See, your seed will become a big blessing to all mankind. All the nations will be blessed through your seed. Another seed. And this seed is again Jesus. There's so much here, and I don't want to, I think, uh, try to cover it all. I just think, just right now, do what we always do at the end of the program and encourage our listeners to get this printed message because it's just packed. It's just loaded. You want to touch every point, but because we only have, you know, a limited time, let's focus on these two seeds right now. One promise given to Adam and Eve regarding the seed of the woman, the seed of Eve that would bruise the head of this serpent. Then another promise given to Abraham in chapter 22 of uh, Genesis and later referred to by Paul in Galatians 3, as we read a while ago, promising Abraham a seed through whom all the nations of the earth would be blessed. Let's talk about these two seeds that are promised. Well, these two seeds, Chris, are really a good picture of the good news of the gospel because the first seed deals with Satan. Yeah, It crushes the head of Satan, bruises his head. And this is uh, described in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, that where it says that through death, the Lord would destroy him who has the power of death. That is the devil. So through the Lord's death, the devil was destroyed. This is a direct fulfillment of Genesis 3.15, where Satan was destroyed through Christ's death. I also really like, Chris, uh, 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, the second half of it. I'm going to read that. It says, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Mm. And that word destroy also can be rendered dissolve or to undo the works of the devil. And I really like that because in my computer, a lot of times I have to undo things, hit the undo button. Right. And, and in a sense, <laughs> this is what God did. He destroyed the devil. He came to undo the works of the devil. Satan has done a lot of evil. He's done a lot of bad things over his tenure. And here we are enjoying the good news that the Lord, for this purpose, came to undo the works of the devil. And that's just on the one side of the seed of the woman. Then on the other side, we have the seed of Abraham in Genesis chapter 22, verses 17 and 18, where he becomes a blessing to all the earth. So we see what that blessing is in Galatians chapter 3, verse 14. The blessing is the Spirit. So the Spirit comes to give us all that God is. He's the life-giving Spirit. He imparts life. And he blesses us with everything that God is. And so the good news is not just that Satan's been destroyed. The good news is Satan's been destroyed by Christ as the seed of the woman. But as the seed of Abraham, he's come to bless us and give us the Spirit. And Christ now can actually make his home in our heart. He can dwell with us, according to Ephesians 3. And John 14 says he comes to 
make an abode with those who love him. So for those of us who love the Lord, he will come and dwell in us. Now, this is a great thing, Chris. This is great news. God can be with us. Boy, uh, and I'm glad you just said that because that leads right to where I want to go. We, we, you mentioned at the beginning, I, had, I put you on the spot to have you give us these three words that really comprise the gospel as it's revealed in the 39 books of the Old Testament. And the three words are, of course, the promises, which we've just been looking at, at least two of the greatest promises concerning the seed, the positive and the negative promise concerning the seed. Then we have the prophets. Well, the prophets came later, actually after the law was given. But what they did was confirm and remind the people of the promises that had been given. So uh, let's look at one of the prophets in a short verse in Isaiah that I think most of our listeners will recognize. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin will conceive and will bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. And I said I liked what you, how you finished there because you said part of the promise is that God is with us. God can be with us. And, of course, that's what the word Emmanuel means. It means God with us. So this is the prophet Isaiah prophesying concerning the promise that we saw uh, back in Genesis. This one was going to be given. So we have the promises. Now we have the prophecy concerning the promises. And in section three, we'll get to the law. But let's join Witness Lee for his fellowship on the prophecies concerning and confirming the promises. Before the promises uh, fulfilled, God gave the law, right? The law to keep God to the people. While God's children people were kept in the law, God raised up prophets to prophesy, to prophesy. Now you could see, huh? After the promises, you have the law. Then, in this custom day, God gave prophecies to confirm the promises. You see, for instance, in Genesis 3.15, you have the promise concerning the seed of the woman, right? Then Isaiah 7.14, the prophet says, look, a child will be born of a virgin whose name is called Emmanuel, and that is God with man. You see, this prophecy in Isaiah 7.14 is the confirmation, the confirmation to the promise in Genesis 3.15. Could you all follow me? and so forth, and so forth. All the prophecies in the prophets are confirmations to the promises in the dispensation of promise. God gave the promises in the dispensation of promise, but that was not fulfilled yet. So God puts up a custody that the law to preserve the children people. During the custody, God certain prophets to confirm his promises. They eventually what? Eventually, the promised one, the seed of woman and the seed of Abraham, he came. Hallelujah. Matt, it's starting, I think, to come into a little clearer focus, this relationship between these three aspects or three components of the Old Testament and the gospel um, being the fulfillment or the reality of these three things. We see now the, the substance, the fulfillment, the reality of these promises was the coming of Christ. 
Uh, but there's another reality, another fulfillment, isn't there, related to both the law and the prophets? Yeah, Chris, as we're listening to the program here, listening to Witness Lee, I'm like, wow, the coming of Christ really is the fulfillment of all the Old Testament. All the law and the prophets point to Christ. Christ's coming is to fulfill all the confirming prophecies of the promises and all the law's purpose. I mean, the law is actually to keep God's people in custody until Christ comes. Right. It's like in John chapter 10, there's a sheep fold. You can't enter into this fold and be protected without Christ. But he's also, when he comes, you don't need that sheep fold anymore. You don't need a fold to protect the sheep because they can go out to pasture. And that's the shepherd's the, here. The shepherd's here now. And Christ is the shepherd. Christ is the one that wants to lead us into the pasture. He wants us to have the full enjoyment. When we have him, we don't need the law. We don't need even the promise anymore because he fulfilled the promise. When you have Christ, you don't need the promise. You don't need the, the prophecy. <laughs> yeah. He's everything we need. We just need Christ. So in the Old Testament, the Lord is promising his people that this one is coming. Then he gives them the law uh, as a temporary custodian, uh, keeping them in a kind of a custody until the promised one arrives. Then he raises up the prophets to prophesy again concerning the coming of this one. So at his coming, as you said, all of this is, there's no need for any of this, is there? I mean, we have the reality. That's why it's called the good news. The, the gospel is the good news. It's here. He's here. And so uh, we can discard or discharge at least all of these other things we've been carrying around waiting for the coming one. You know, Chris, this is our experience. And I'm thinking of people driving down the road in their car listening right now. And if they have Christ with them, they really know he is the good news. He really affects our whole life. When he's with us, we have good news. We become happier people. We don't have a frown on our face. We spontaneously are happier because it's good news. Christ is the good news to bring us out of so many things and into so much enjoyment. What a picture of the gospel. Well, we're going to finish today, Matt, by looking at another familiar passage. I'm not going to read it for the sake of time, but just to summarize it quickly. In Matthew, the Lord took Peter and two of the other disciples up to the Mount of Transfiguration, and then he unveiled to them his coming glory, and they saw him as we all will see him when he comes again, at least for a brief moment. Of course, we know the story. Peter got quite excited beside himself and says, Lord, oh, it's so good that we could be here. Uh, let's make a tabernacle, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Well, the Lord wouldn't have that, and we know what happened. The, the Father speaks from heaven, and uh, Peter is uh, you know, really humiliated in a way. But the reason for that humiliation now should become clear, and I think as Witness Lee brings us through this final section today, we'll realize the significance of everything that was taking place in that mountain scene. It's a great picture. Yeah, it is. Here's Witness Lee again. Now, what is the gospel? The gospel is the fulfillment of the promises and the prophecies concerning the seed, the unique seed, the seed of the woman, the seed of Abraham. The gospel, at the same time, removed, annulled, canceled the custody. That is the law. The law was removed. No more law. Even no more promise. <laughs> And no more prophecy. I tell you, the seed, the unique seed, came, the seed of the woman, 
and the seed of Abraham. This seed was the fulfillment of all the precious promises. You just have him, you don't need any longer the promises. Not only so, he was also the removal of the custody. What was the custody? The law. The day dawns. No more night. The children people don't need to be in the custody. Get out of the custody. In a good sense, the law was a custody. In a negative sense, the law was a bondage. The law was a slavery. You see? Now, this dear one as the seed of the woman to destroy the serpent and as the seed of Abraham to bring the triumph God as a blessing to us of eternity. He is the fulfillment of all the promises and prophecies. Meanwhile, he is also the removal of the law. No more law, no more promises, no more prophecies. Only Jesus. Amen. Now you can understand, you know, that uh, bold big brother Peter, he said, Lord, how good is this year for us? Oh, let us build three tabernacles, one for Moses, one for Elijah, one for you. Ooh, this offended the heavens. This is my beloved son. Hear him. Amen. Then they open up the eyes, no more Moses. And no more Elijah. Only Jesus. And Jesus only. Why? No more Moses. Because no more promises. No more law. Why no more Elijah? No more prophecy. This unique one is everything. He is the fulfillment of the promises. He is the removal of the law. And he is the fulfillment of all the prophecies. He is everything to replace the entire old husband. What is this? The gospel. This is the gospel. Hallelujah for the gospel. Matt, I really now like this picture. I think in a way I've never appreciated it before, this event that took place on the mountain. Moses and Elijah, between the two of them, really represented all three of these primary components of the Old Testament, didn't they? And so Peter's desire to put them on an equal status with the Lord Jesus, now we see why this was such, as he said, an offense to the heavens, uh, because he, he came as the fulfillment, the replacement of these things, and here Peter is lifting them up. Quite a picture. Chris, it's a great picture, and every Christian needs to have this happen in their own experience where they realize God only wants his son. God is only happy with Christ. He doesn't appreciate the other things that we may appreciate as much. You know, there's a song that says, Once it was the blessing, now it is the Lord. Once I sought for healing, now him alone. There's many examples of other things. They're good things. A blessing's a good thing. Healing's a good thing. But do we want the healer or do we want the healing? Do we want the blessing or the Lord? Eventually, the law is a good thing. Prophecies are a good thing. Promises are a good thing. But do we want those or the Lord? Peter was comparing them on an equal plane. Let's make three tabernacles, one for Moses, one for Elijah, and one for you, Lord. This offended the heavens. And we need to be clear. We need Jesus only. And when it's Jesus only, it's like Witness Lee said, hallelujah, 
It's Jesus only. This is really the good news. This is the gospel. I remember another verse in that same hymn, Matt, talks about the gifts. Once the gifts I wanted, now the giver own. Something like that. Do we want the gifts or the giver? Do we want the promise or the fulfillment, the reality of the promise? Do we want... We want the giver and we want the fulfillment. We want this one alone. And that's Christ. So him uniquely we honor. Our only tabernacle should be a tabernacle of Christ alone. He satisfies God uniquely, Matt, and really, he satisfies man as well, doesn't he? He does, Chris, and I hope the result of our program is our listeners will have a deeper turn to him and love him more than they ever loved him before. Amen, amen, amen. Good to have you, Matt, and uh, look forward to having you back in that chair or whenever you're occupying this one as well. And uh, I'm really looking forward to the rest of these programs in this life study of Mark. This was really a, a very sweet life study, so we hope our listeners will take our Uh, encouragement to contact us get the printed life study volume for yourself our toll-free number if you'd like to find out how you can do that is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY 888-543-3788 please join us for our next program that's all the time we have today for matt miller i'm chris wild thanks very much for listening Do you want to know the deeper truths of the Bible? Wish you could attend a Bible study but just don't have the time? Well, if you enjoyed this program, then we invite you to visit our website at lsmradio.com. From there, you'll find programs on every book of the Bible and all free of charge. These programs will not only give you a more profound understanding of the Scriptures, but also refresh and revitalize your daily Christian walk. From our website, you can download the MP3 files, stream them live, or subscribe to the podcast. Again, all free of charge. Once more, that website, lsmradio.com. Thanks for listening.